Hello, this is Tala with Drive Through Therapy here on this beautiful evening. Um, I don't know if it's evening for you, but it's evening for me. And uh, I just finished eating this wonderful snack of. It's gonna sound crazy, but it's but hey, I'm I'm there. Goat cheese and English cucumbers. I'm telling you, it's a combination that you cannot top. It's a beautiful combination. Um, goat cheese is a little gamey for some people. It's the best way to describe it. It's like really cheesy, like really has that strong cheese flavor. But oh my, I, I mean, it's just, it, it's something. I, I like it. I like that hit of cheese every once in a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my, that's my snack. I just finished it. So you're definitely not getting a hungry beast talking to you right now. You're getting somebody who's been fed. So it's going to help you out uh, as I'm talking about this because I will not be thinking about food. So (laughs) today's topic is one that's dear to my heart because once I understood what this topic really means to me and in my life, it, it empowered me to change things. And it really, it was like the biggest bang for my buck when it came to my own personal change was understanding my codependence. There's so many psychological um, explanation for codependence. You know, it's a, people, some people see it as a disorder. Some people see it as a, you know, things that uh, people, that people are with, with addicts, they tend to be codependents. They usually refer to codependence that way or uh, that enablers, for example, they tend to be clingy, needy, but it's, it's much more than that. And I think if, once I kind of tell you my perspective on it, then maybe I can give you awareness of how we couldn't help, but most of us, if we grew up in the States, basically, to be a little bit codependent. I mean, I don't know what it's like to grow up in other countries. My expertise in that is not as, is not as good as it is in the United States. Uh, so codependence is really intertwined in a sneaky way in the way we were raised really is very much intertwined. So I don't want you to think that whether it's if you have codependence, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm here to tell you straight up, honestly, <laughs> based on self-exploration and in talking with almost everyone and hearing social media and seeing social media, it, it basically it is intertwined and accepted in our, in our world. But let's, let's start with this, the, the subtle hints we get. You know, when we're born into a family here in the United States, a lot of the times we, for me at least, I I kind of see myself growing up really caring about what my, the adults in my family feel and what they think. Um, that was pretty important. And of course, it's not just, um, the culture here in the States is also my familial culture. It was, it was important to be respectful to elders. They're wiser than, than me and they know more than me. And so I had to listen to them and appease them and be a good, obedient child. You know, my opinions didn't matter as much. My thoughts and beliefs did not matter as much. It, it's really interesting how we learn codependence. And again, it's sneaky. It's, it's really sneaky. For example, in our culture, when we go to school, a lot of the schools, because I, sometimes I get to work in schools, and a lot of the schools that, um, they, they have, we, we teach codependence in the way we 
reward and we discipline, right? So if uh, Johnny doesn't get a golden star for the day or gets a golden star for the day, Johnny feels valued. Johnny feels good about himself. Johnny feels that he did, he was worthy and accomplished his task, right? Because he was uh, acknowledged for it. But when Johnny doesn't get a star, Johnny feels bad. Even though Johnny did not really do anything, he still questions whether he did what he was supposed to do through the whole day, you know, because he was not acknowledged for it. He did not get a gold star for that day. So does that make sense? That's codependence there, but I'll, I'll explain further as I go into this. So I don't want to jump back and forth um, because I tend to do that. I really do. Uh, and I don't want to confuse anybody. So I'm going to start with some of the traits or the things that people that are codependent say or that have codependent traits, okay? You may not be full-blown codependent, but we have levels of codependence with the way that we were raised. It's just we couldn't help it. We inherited it, and it just kept on going. It's like a cycle. It was just recycled from the next generation to the next, um, and now it's really, really ingrained in our everyday life. So one of the things that most people don't think about is the need for approval. It's a very big codependent trait. I mean, it's a solid one. It's like the first one mentioned when you look up codependent in on the internet. If you Google it, <laughs> it's probably right up there, the need for approval. And that's what we talked when I kind of gave you the example about Johnny going to class. And if he gets a gold star, then he's worthy. And if he doesn't get a gold star, then he's not acknowledged. And he questions himself whether he's good enough or not. And he has to work really hard to get that gold star. But interestingly enough, Johnny can go home, right? And the codependence is still reinforced there. For example, if Johnny tries to clean his room, Johnny can get, um, Johnny can think that, okay, mom said to clean my room. And so he cleans his room. But then mom looks at the room and says, it's not clean enough. It's not good enough. Right. And, and, you know, um, however the feedback comes, right. If the feedback came in a way where Johnny questions his own beliefs about whether the room is clean or not, um, and his beliefs are basically disregarded because he believes that he really did clean the room, but mom comes in and says, no, it's not, it's not clean. I don't know what you're doing, but that's not clean. Okay. So again, it's teaching the kiddo to only to, to do what is being approved by other people. Uh, we, we end up raising a really obedient kid, but the most obedient kids are probably the ones that are the least creative. I heard this one said, and I actually, I, I probably believe it quite a bit. Um, so that's the thing with need for approval. And when we think about this in the area, in, in the adult arena, you'll see this happening with, um, uh, you know, uh, wanting to be acknowledged at work, um, being need for approval from spouse. Like I can't make a decision without my boyfriend or my wife or my girlfriend says that, Hey, you know, yeah, you should do it or no, you shouldn't do it. Uh, or I can't make a decision without calling five other people to ask them if, if I am, um, if I should make that decision because I don't trust myself enough. Okay. So, and like I said, some of our culture tr trains us not to trust ourselves without the approval of other people. Okay. So we all have a bit of that independence, which causes us trouble later on 
when it comes to trusting ourselves, right? Which is pretty important for our relationship with ourselves. We need to trust ourselves because we're with ourselves all day long. Uh, so if we don't trust ourselves, then what is the point of living with ourselves? You know, what, what does that relationship look like, basically, um, if I don't trust me? Okay, so let's move on to the next one. Um, I have a lot of people telling me this, and it's glorified in some way in our society. You know, I can't say no. I have a hard time saying no, okay? Uh, <laughs> codependent. <laughs> codependent. Big flashing lights of codependence there. Because that just tells me that in a lot of ways, and then I had, I had the same issue because I need, again, it's the need for other people to approve and acknowledge me. Um, that I can't say no is, is really where I get my value from. You know, I overcommit I, to things, to, to projects, to, um, errands. I overcommit to engagements because I can't say no. And <laughs> funny enough, as my codependent self goes, I will resent them later on and I'll blame them for me, my inability to say no. So again, codependent. The next one is, uh, and I have it in like quotes, feel bad. Like the people that say, I feel bad a lot. They say that quite a bit. Ah, I don't want to say that because I feel bad. And, uh, I feel bad. It's another way to say I, I can't say no. But the thing is, if you keep feeling bad, um, you're really basing whatever decision you have on what you think the other person wants to hear, wants to do, not what is good for you and that works for you, right? And it's in no way selfish when you are when you are making a decision that is based on what you need, because in fact, that is, that is a, that is the, that is the truth. Uh, you, you're the only decision you're making is supposed to be based on what you need, not what other people need. Right. And from there we can help other people, but from, but if you start with trying to help to feel, feel bad enough, every situation, try to help people and overcommit yourself, um, while you're not taking care of you, you are, basically going to end up presenting them. And then this is going to lead to even, you know, more frustration, more self hate, (laughs) um, because you're not able to meet your own emotional needs as well as physical needs, as well as physical needs. The next one that I have that's, uh, kind of a codependent thing is, um, they get their value from being needed. So, People that are, that have that trait, they usually tend to, again, overcommit, over, can't say no. They just get their value from being needed and wanted, right? It's that overworked mother that just, just over, uh, uh commits herself to everything, you know? Uh, she'll, she'll, um, go and volunteer at the school, then she'll go to, uh, you know, do the groceries and, you know, and, and this is where the husband, she doesn't allow him to do anything. And she wants to be the main center of everybody needs her. And later on that same mom, right. Will come to therapy and say, Hey, it's too much. It's too much. They need to give me a break. And none of them asked all of that of this mom, right? Nobody did, but 
this mom thinks that, oh my God, I have to do all these things, but it's basically all within her own mind, in her own world, because she has a strong need, need to feel needed. And that's where she gets her value. And she'll continue to do that. And then later on, again, this is where you see the, the pattern again, resent the people that, and finally say, I need a break. I need a break. And this is where you'll see some moms or dads, even I'm just using the word, I'm just using mom as, a, as an example, but you'll see a mom just kind of scream and like, I'm done. I'm going to take a break. And they explode or they start taking an out on, on their kids and their husbands and, and vice versa. What husbands will take it on their wives. I mean, it'll be just a filthy back and forth relationship. Um, but again, codependent, codependent. Um, so watch that trait if you have it in you, because I did definitely, definitely have it in me. I still do have that need. I have to watch out when my motive is that I want to feel needed or acknowledged for something. I really have to step back and just take responsibility for myself at this point. I'm like, okay, we'll check your motive, Tala. Why do you really want to commit to all, why can't you really say no to this task? What are you afraid of? You know? And, um, and I, I find that when I ask this question, then a lot of times I'm able to pinpoint, okay, m- you know, my motive to doing this is because I think I would feel more needed and I need to get my value and I need that attention, you know? So just be honest with yourself, be honest with yourself when it comes to uh, self-assessment, about this codependent business. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Codependence. This next one is codependents give a lot, but not good at taking back or, um, getting anything or receiving anything. They don't, they, uh, they don't feel like they're worthy of getting it back. So they just want to keep giving, but not only because they don't feel worthy. A lot of the times when I was, <laughs> when I was giving and giving and giving, I wanted to be in control. I wanted to be in control and that's my way of doing it. And I wanted to get all the praise, right? I wanted to get all the, the high fives and, um, because that's where I got my value from. I didn't know how to do it from the inside out. So might as well just do it from the outside in, right? By trying to give, 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 give. So people can take, but when it was time for me to take something and to ask for something, I didn't know how to do it. I was just waiting for someone to give it back. And that's frustrating. That's frustrating. I wasn't meeting my own emotional needs, my own well, well being. I wasn't, I wasn't really looking out for me. Um, I was trying to look out for other people in hopes that one day, one day they would look out for me, which is very flawed, very flawed belief here. Um, so if you're doing it, one can understand and empathize, just, you know, be aware of it and check your motives again. So if you give a lot, you overextend, uh, start stepping back, ask yourself, um, do I, do I accept other people's help? Do I, am I willing to, uh, share and designate the attention uh, to other people as well, not, or just, or do I just want to be the center of all acknowledgement? <laughs> you know, I want to appear like the great mom and just do everything. And then, you know, people say, Oh my God, you're such a great mom. But then I'm, I'm so worked, overworked and tired and it's, and I'm taking it out on my family. Um, so we don't want that outcome. We do not want that outcome. The next one on my list 
Um, I kind of talked about it before in the other ones, but of course I'm going to write it again and I'm going to talk about it. Uh, it says, can become upset if others don't recognize and acknowledge uh, my effort, right? Even though no one has ask me to for help or anything i could just sometimes take the initiative to do a lot of things again this need to be needed and approved of and um then later on get upset when nobody's helping and nobody's um you know volunteering or nobody's uh, relieving me somehow it's nonsense because i'm the one who actually wanted all this so again again my friends codependent um, I, I sang, but I don't ever claim that I'm a good singer, but, but I, I will sing every once in a while. The next one is, uh, codependence tend to also emotionally absorb the feelings of others, you know? Uh, oh, if you cry, I'll cry. Or I can't, this is a common, this is a common statement codependents say, um, oh, I can't see somebody upset because I'll start to get upset. Or I can't see somebody cry because I'll start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> then it doesn't become about the person. It really becomes about you. Um, and so again, codependence, all these, these great things that we used to think are a great thing to say are not actually that great. They're, they're kind of, they're kind of, and here I'm saying it, I'm making a judgment. They're kind of selfish because I used to do it myself, right? Um, definitely was definitely selfish and self-seeking when I was doing it. <laughs> so. So it's easy for me to identify those statements because I used them, right? I used them. I was the martyr. I was, I wanted you to come and save me from myself. <laughs> and I was upset when you didn't, right? I was upset when you didn't. So again, emotionally absorbing other people is, is really about you. It's not about them. You're not being compassionate or even empathetic for that, for that matter. Because empathy doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean you absorb other people's feelings. It means you, you kind of, you kind of un understand, have walked in their shoes kind of thing. Um, but not really, I absorb their feelings. They're upset, I'm upset. What? No, 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 no. Not realistic. You won't like this outcome. You will not like this outcome. It doesn't feel good. Another thing that um, codependents do pretty loud and clear is that they feel the need to change or fix people's feelings. They have a need to change and fix people's feelings. This is pretty important. And you say, well, I'm, I, I don't really, but again, it's sneaky. That codependent business is sneaky. We, we go back to childhood again to look at when we had to fix our parent, when they, our parent, when they got angry, um, we had to do whatever it is that they asked us to do so they can get happy. So from an early age, we learn this codependent trait. We learn that if the teacher gets upset and she yells and, you know, then, then I did something wrong, right? How does it relate to me? How, I did something wrong. And that's the child logic. That's the child logic that I need to somehow I'm get, I get the impression from an early age that I somehow need to perform or do something to get, um, to fix the adult's feeling. And then later, I mean, I, and I learned to get my value from that because when my mom is happy, um, then I'm happy. Right. And then later on, we confront relationships that same way. We never learn to be emotionally independent. We still, we still are trained in that codependency. Okay. So <laughs> this is really harsh, isn't it? It's pretty, it's pretty harsh, but let me just tell you, this was my wake up call as well. So I'm, I'm delivering it to you the way it was 
kind of given to me. I'm just summing it up in a few bullet points here. Um, the next one is usually codependents hate to fe- to be alone. They hate to be alone, right? Um, they don't like the idea of being lonely because again, they haven't worked on gaining their value on the inside and, and really with that self love and that self worth, they've been getting their value, retrieving it from the outside, from outside of them, right? Whether it's relationships, work, money, whatever it is that they're doing, they're trying to get that approval, that attention from the outside of them. So of course, the inside is not nice to be alone with, right? So that covers the hate to be alone business. So in a lot of ways, when we're becoming emotionally independent, excuse me, that has to be probably another episode that I have to do on just becoming more emotionally independent. But we have to understand what codependence means. So this is no better time than the present to discuss this. Um, the next part and the final part is that they tend to be needy or clingy in relationships. They have a fear of, <clears throat> they have, again, from that fear of being alone is the best way to describe that. And also because they need their need for approval. They need to be valued by another person. And codependence, because kind of the relationship with them is very, uh, not that great, right? Uh, they, their middle man to loving themselves is usually another person, <laughs> right? They, they gotta have enough likes on Facebook. They gotta have enough, um, friends. They gotta have enough whatever. Um, that's kind of like, that's, that's in another way saying that I need, um, or have a need for, um, that I only love myself when somebody else loves me is the best way to say that. Sometimes I have (laughs) in my head, it sounds great, but when it comes out, it's kind of like, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I love myself when there's, but, but only, but only if there's a middleman, if there's somebody else that loves me, I can learn to love myself kind of thing. Big codependent trait. But again, you can understand that from an early age that, you know, many were raised with this idea of, of conditional love, right? I'm only worthy if I perform for my parents, for my teachers. Um, they only tolerate me when I am, um, do when I'm useful, when I'm useful for them. So, you know, this is such a a great topic and I can go on this for days, but we don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, but really this is on a serious note, on a serious note, we are all, we are all going through this, the same human, um, very similar human journey. We can all relate to this. We can all relate to this. I am not exempt from the bunch, um, I understand it more now because I'm self-aware of it. Um, and I, and when I see it creep up in me and I have this need to value something, um, outside of me because it gives me value or something like that, 
it's usually, it's usually when I kind of interrupt that process and start reflecting. So there's no better approach and cure, if, if you may, to codependence better than self-awareness. Um, self-awareness and knowledge, like we kind of, uh, discussed today can help you become more aware of those little traits that we have in there that are not really giving us happiness. It's, it's actually doing the opposite for us. It's doing the opposite. So when we become more aware of them, we are really going to have less pressure on ourselves. We're going to burden people a lot less, <laughs> right? From our expectations of them, uh, and our need for approval and our need for acknowledgement. Um, we won't need all that. We won't need all that as much and, and uh, we'll be able to check our motives before we even ask it of somebody else and burden them with it. So, uh, yeah, this is a great topic. It never gets old or boring for me because I'm always working on it. Always working on it. It's sneaky, I'm telling you. It's sneaky. Um, this is Tala and you have been attacked one more time <laughs> by drive through therapy. I'm sending you love and I'm wishing you safety on your drive if you are listening to this while you're driving. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.